Your party is walking down the corridor. Everyone's doing the things they need to be doing. The rogue's checking for traps, the mage has his spells ready, and the paladin's getting ready to drown in the nearby pool of water. Sure, like they do. Like they do. You suddenly turn a corner and notice the hallway is much cleaner than expected as 10 tons of protoplasm falls upon you. Would you like some visceral horror? Tonight, let's talk about oozes, puddings, slimes, and jellies. That's how we roll. 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 Welcome to the Goblin's Corner. My name is Eric. And I'm Matt. And tonight... We're talking about oozes, slimes, puddings, and jellies. That's right. Things that go spork in the night. Splork. Yeah, with a wet thud. That's the good stuff. As I mentioned, 10 tons of protoplasm when it falls on you. That's like being hit by a pool. Yeah. No, it... As I said, that's that's a truck, right? Like, that's, that's an enormous, just awful bag of acid yes it's nasty <laughs> so tonight we're going to teach you how to make 10 tons of flesh absorbing acid as well but before we get to any of that hit the like and subscribe button help us get our show out to more places and more people and get notified when more awesome episodes come your way indeed and if you're listening to the show if you could do us a favor and give us a review on itunes and Podchaser, it'd help us out a lot and we'd appreciate it that's right also this is our october edition which means we're going to start doing some horror themes. And what better way to introduce Halloween than with some corn? And what kind of corn are we talking about? The best candy corn. The best corn. That's right. Yes. Now, I know some of you are candy corn fanatics, and good for you. Yes. This is the perfect time to start buying that. And those of you who may hate candy corn, I only have to say... Thanks. Yeah, because there's more for us. Right. We appreciate it. Yeah, we do. You're and doing good work. I will, I will swim like Scrooge McDuck <laughs> in a big tub of candy corn if given the chance that would be awesome yeah we really should have a candy company sponsor us at some point it's true yeah so tonight what's up with oozes puddings slimes and jellies matt well one of the things you got to keep in mind is they've been around literally since the beginning of the game since it was invented yes and it draws as we mentioned upon a lot of body horror a lot of the blob just the the whole being slowly eaten away by acid and what have you that's that's the good stuff. That is, in fact, <laughs> the good stuff. That's right. They vary in all kinds of power levels mm-hmm. and flavor. That's right. Some of them, first level player can kill, and some of them a 15th level player might have a hard time with. Yeah. It's the difference between lime jello and, you know, pina colada jello. Yeah. That pina colada gets you every time, man. 100%. They are what, Matt? They're alien. And a lot of games where a lot of the creatures seem fantastic. They're still familiar, right? A griffin is still just two animals slapped together. Same with a pegasus. Slimes and oozes, puddings and jellies. They're not... There's none of that in our real world. And the things that are closest to it still come from very alien places. Absolutely. Don't have a shape. They could be any shape. And it sucks when you're walking down the road and that pool of water all of a sudden grows pseudopods to attack you. Absolutely. Tear off your face. Dissolve your weapons. Mm, face me. Drown the damn paladin. <laughs> See? Paladin drowns in anything, man. But he can certainly drown in a pool of acid. Yes. That hungrily seeks his flesh. All right. So there are a couple of things that oozes, puddings, slimes, and jellies have in common. And we've compiled... I would not say an exhaustive list, but certainly enough for this episode. Right. So let's start us off, Matt. What do we have that 
are in common with oozes, pudding, slimes, and jellies? They're almost always amorphous and generally look like big amoebas. I gave the the quick caveat almost always only because of gelatinous cubes. That's right. And I would say, clever DMs out there, you should come up with something aside from a gelatinous cube. Absolutely. Gelatinous rhomboids, gelatinous pyramids. I was literally thinking rhomboid. A rhomboid. <laughs> we're on the same level, so we're friends, right? They are the children of Ganador. Yes. Now, who is that, Matt? If people don't read a lot of Forgotten Realms. Okay. Ganador is a an elder primordial god in Forgotten Realms. In the rest of D&D... Jubilex. They're the children of Jubilex. In Forgotten Realms, Jubilex is literally just an avatar of Ganador yeah. that he uses to fool people and get power from multiple sources. And of course, in your game, it could be whatever. Anything, yeah. It could be properties of Zoriad if you're playing Eberron. Could be some other deity. May not even have any deity. Could be the first amoeba. The first amoeba. I like that. Yeah. Sentient protoplasm. Yeah. That'd be cool. They're usually ambush predators. Which makes sense. Sure. They're amoebas, right? Exactly. They sit still until something comes along, then they reach out and grab it. Yep. They're usually mindless, although some can eventually develop or be given intellect. Yes. And it should be noted that a lot of these are generalities because depending upon your game setting and depending upon what version you're even playing, yes. there's a lot of variation between this. Some of them are capable of thought and can actually talk to you, impersonate people. Some of them get psychic powers when they're old enough. And they should. <laughs> being mindless, most are immune to being frightened or charmed or mind-controlled in any way. Yep. As well as the fact that because they are ooze, they have ooze traits, they don't see, yeah. they don't hear, and they don't get exhausted. Yes. That's the big one right there. Blindness and deafness, that's cool, right? No big deal. They've got blind sense. You can't just throw a clever illusion to fool these things. Right. But the fact that they will unceasingly find you, squeeze through an inch crack under the door frame. Yeah. They're not going to get tired. No. You will die of exhaustion before they do. And that is something that certainly needs to be emphasized when we're talking about playing up the scariness of these things. Yeah, especially if it's one of the uh, the the tracker ones. Where they lit, that's how they hunt is literally just following and following and following. Yeah, they're not fast, but you don't have to be fast when things have to sleep. It's true. What are some other commonalities between these things? They often reproduce by splitting, either through violence or once they reach a certain size. Yeah, so they get too big, they kind of fission yep. into two separate entities. That's what mitosis? Yeah. yeah. There you go. A little, little biology knowledge there. Yeah, a little bit. They're blind. <laughs> But they also have blind sense or tremor sense, so it doesn't really hinder them significantly. Correct. And finally, most of them are large. Now, there are smaller oozes, pudding, slimes, and jellies, but going on 5th edition, they've kind of just said, hey, they're pretty big creatures. They start around 8 feet. Now, I want you to think about that. 8-foot blob of water is pretty damn heavy, several hundred pounds to several tons. Yes. As I mentioned, it's like getting hit with a swimming pool of acid. Not a great just, time. Yeah. Not a great time. You're just walking along, drops from the ceiling, just smashes you. So you've got bludgeoning damage. You're sure. probably, if low-level character, you could be dead. Imagine a gelatinous cube has like a little cube-shaped chute in the floor above you mm -hmm. and just waits for you to walk under. 
and drops that 30 foot onto you. It's like getting hit by an acid elephant. Yeah. 10 foot by 10 foot by 10 foot at the weight of water. You're uh, 8,000 pounds or so. That's it's a bad day. <laughs> that's a bad it's, day. That'll kill anybody. Yeah. That's roughed off right there. That's, oof, I want none of it. Yeah. Then, good. It, then it disposes of the body. Sure. Let's get a little bit of lore into this. Uh, what are we talking about when we're talking about oozes, puddings, slimes, and jellies? Do we have any lore? Yeah, we've got some. First off, let's start with oozes. Okay. Let's, what's the definition of an ooze? Because it turns out there are some differences between these, and then there's not so much. Yes. Despite there being creatures actually called oozes, ooze is also the category in which all of these creatures fall. So, gelatinous cubes are oozes. Puddings are oozes. Slithering trackers are oozes. Slimes are oozes. And jellies are oozes. Molds are not oozes. No. Molds are molds. There you go. Because <laughs> originally we were going to add them to this episode, and then we realized that one of these things was not like the other. No, but now we can add it to a different episode, so it all works out. Also, fun fact, gelatinous cubes are also known as athcoids. Hmm. I found this online. I don't know. Somebody verify this for me. This is the first time I ever heard this. Yeah, I haven't heard that. But I thought that was really interesting, so I thought I'd bring it up. I, I've never seen that before, but that's interesting, certainly. Indeed. Let's talk about puddings. What are puddings? Okay. Puddings have all of the standard characteristics of oozes, but they also include the ability to move along walls and ceilings. Basically, puddings are the more deadly version of oozes. Yes. And it should be noted again. Most oozes can climb too, just not all. It's kind of like all bourbon is whiskey, but not all whiskey is bourbon. For puddings, though, it's more along the version of spider climb, not just the ability to climb. Oh, so they don't just have a climb speed. It's more of like a spider climb. So you can have a 10-ton creature just Literally hanging on the ceiling on the above head. your head. Yep. Yeah. Again, bad times, folks. <laughs> this could be bad times all around. Slimes. Talk about slimes. What's a slime? Slimes have many of the general characteristics of all the other oozes, except they're usually weaker and sometimes lack the ability to move. And again, check your version that you're playing. Yep. Because it's wonky, right? Yep. But some of them are identical to oozes and puddings, and some of them are not. Most of them are uh, stationary. They just sit there. Just chill. Yep. They're environmental dangers. Okay. And then finally, we've come to jellies. Jellies, I, I looked at a bunch of stuff. Jellies seem to primarily just be a naming choice for oozes. They're like, okay, we don't want to name everything ooze. So we're going to throw some jellies in there. It's going to be exactly the same, but we're going to change the name. Sure, why not? I get it. Like, how many times do you purple ooze, green ooze, yellow ooze? Like, yeah, purple yeah. meringue. We should. That's, that's another name they should have thrown in as meringue. <laughs> that way, dessert could be scary. Yeah. A meringue is kind of nasty, by the way. A, a lemon meringue ooze. I don't really like meringue. I mean, it's just egg whites I and know. sugar. I don't know why I don't like it. It just is what it don't. is. Because <laughs> I don't. There you go. Now, in addition, as we mentioned before, depending upon the setting, some oozes could be either Jubilex or Ganador. Right. Or, or whatever. Neither of the above. Right. Yeah. That's pretty much it in terms of lore for oozes, puddings, slimes, and jellies. They're basically just big blobs of protoplasm that try to tear off your face. Yeah. They're just trying to eat, man. They're, They're just, just hungry. hungry. They're just hungry, right? Yep. Most of them have specific 
combat styles as well, though. For example, they're going to most likely be ambush predators, so you might be walking along and a pseudopod comes out and strikes you. That's just going to happen. Yeah. And so most of them do either bludgeoning or some form of acid damage Mm -hmm. in addition to whatever else they do. Sure. They're going to try and grapple you oftentimes. The larger ones, certainly. And if they grapple, they're going to engulf. Yep. That's just how it works. Yeah. That's the, that's the method, man. You know, grab you and eat you. That's pretty much what you do. Some of them, for example, the gelatinous cube, will kind of ram you with a bull rush. Yep. Wham! Once again, like being hit by a truck. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of weight coming at you, even if it's not really quick. It's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt regardless. Yep. You get slammed by something that about the size of your, uh, your shower. It's like getting hit by a shower stall. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, they always reminded me of shower stalls because they're clear. Sure. And also, depending on the level of complexity of whichever one you're dealing with, it's just going to do a combination of these things. One of the things they never really get into is how stable the protoplasm happens to be. Like, I've never seen that in any of the versions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, everyone says, oh, you can't slice them and stuff like that. Or, you know, they get engulfed. Let's talk about a gelatinous cube for just a second. Okay. In, and the only reason I'm thinking about this is because I saw the preview for the D&D sure. movie that came out where it's, it just kind of schlups into the gelatinous cube. And I'm like, oh, that wouldn't do any damage if it bum rushed somebody because it's just going to engulf them, right? It's going to go right in. It is still a cube made of acid. Except for that. I'm talking like bludgeoning Oh, damage. you're talking about bludgeoning damage. But if there's like some surface tension on there. Okay. Here, imagine this. It's the difference between a toddler throwing a jello jiggler at you and a professional pitcher. Throwing a jello jiggler throwing at you. Throwing a jello jiggler. Throwing at you. a 10-ton jello jiggler at you. Well, no, uh, pseudopods, whatever, right? Like the the amount of strength behind what's hitting you determines whether or not it hurts. I agree with that. I will take a toddler throwing a water balloon at me over a professional pitcher. Every day. There are way smarter people than us somewhere on the internet probably doing the physics of all of this. Yeah. Help us out. Show yeah. us. Like yeah. I'm, Send I'm that curious. to me. I'm curious. Yeah. At Goblin's Corner on Twitter or hit us up at the usual places. Or, you know, uh, Adam Savage, Mythbusters at Force. So gelatinous cubes can do some damage. Yes. Now, that's a typical thing. And you might see a combination of that. It might be pseudopod engulf or grapple engulf or just engulf engulf in the case of Charge and golf. Yeah, sure. In addition to that, there are also additional abilities. I'll give you a good example. Go back to the gelatinous cube, for example. In third edition, it could paralyze, yes. which made it even worse because you get rammed by this bus that looks like a clear glass window, and then you're paralyzed and slowly digested. If you can't pass your save, then you don't even get to try to get out. Mm-hmm. And all you see is your buddy's like, what's going on with, with Al there? Al's just floating in midair. Maybe it's a spell. And while they're trying to figure out whether it's a spell trap or not, you're slowly getting your armor eaten away. You're slowly, you know, losing all of your muscle tone. <laughs> oh, his skin's going away. Maybe it's a slow motion dissolve. Sure is. Most are based off of a theme, right? And now there are a lot of them that are in the SRD and in third party land out there. Sure. And various versions as well. Right. Because 3rd edition had a ton of oozes. Sure. We'll get to those later. In 5th edition, certainly, most of them all follow the same theme. Yeah. But when we're talking about upgrading, 
Picking a theme is very easy, and we'll show you how to do that. Most are mindless, and they will generally attack the first creature made of meat that they sense. Absolutely. If it's made of meat, it's going it's, it's gonna to eat. Would, a, would it bother with a warforged? Probably not. I mean, it's, it's there's not. No, there's no meat for it to dissolve. Although some of them, and again, going on the flavor here, some of them dissolve metal and wood as well. And so it might dissolve the organics first. Very specifically, gelatinous cubes do not dissolve magic items made of metal or wood or what have you. But ochre jellies do. Yes. So something to think about, right? When you're talking about tactics for what little it has. Sometimes they favor specific food first. For example, there are breeds of oozes that maybe subsist off of frost damage or cold or live in a volcano. And so they survive off a of heat. And so a good one in third edition, which was always a pain in the ass for player characters, was there was an ooze that actually ate magic. Yeah, remember that one? Mm-hmm. And so they will prefer characters that have that trait over other characters, but in a pinch. It's all food, but some food is tastier than others. That's right. Unless they have an elemental trait, most just do acid and bludgeoning damage. Yep. Now, many can corrode metal, as we mentioned. Sure. Something to think about. So you don't always have to throw a rust monster down the pipe. Yeah, you can just have a gray ooze. There you go. Many can spider climb, as we've mentioned before, and being amorphous, they can fit into tiny cracks. Now, from a strategy point of perspective for the DM, this is perfect. Have them, when the rogue is coming up to pick the lock, pop out of the keyhole and dissolve his fingers. Have it drop out of a tiny hole above the door. Yes. And just ooze down onto the rogue. Sure. And just pull yep. the rogue up into the crack, like from the from the remake of The Blob where they pull the person down the sink. Oh, I haven't seen it. I but should go look that up. That was pretty nasty. What I can only imagine. A lot of times they are indistinguishable from their surroundings. They have camouflage. Yes. Uh, depending on the type. Or some of them even have a false appearance. They look like a specific thing. Like rocks or gnarled roots or whatnot, or a delightful pool of water that you're going to dip in and then it pulls you under. Yeah. And there there goes your paladin once again, drowning. Because he didn't take the drowning god prestige class. Well, that's his mistake. That's right. Many of them are immune to certain attacks, generally slashing, because they actually divide on slashing. But they can also include stuff like acid. Some of them are immune to acid. I think most of them are immune to acid in fifth. Yeah. Some of them are immune to cold or lightning, depending upon the flavor of monster that you happen to have. And some of them even grow with lightning. Yes. And again, when you're customizing your monsters, throw some of these fun things to mix it up a little bit. You know, I would make a table. It's immune to this. It grows with this. Oh, yeah. Just roll them. Just a random ooze table. You really just want to, oh, they're going to roll up. Oh, look, it's a green slime. Woo, we don't care. And they start attacking it and with bludgeoning weapons, and it just bounces off because it's immune to bludgeoning for some reason. Yeah. Just do the the uh, phone video game version of slimes, right? Oh, this one's got a yellowish color. Maybe it's immune to lightning, or maybe it gets healed by lightning. How or, delightful, right? Yep. Your players are going to die. <laughs> so there's a lot of different fun things you can do with oozes, putting slimes, and jellies. And I would say, to sum up, what makes them interesting, Matt? Well, it's a fun fight that is, at times, super problematic for players. Yeah, yeah. 
they're unstoppable, they're untiring, and they're amorphous. So they can find you wherever the hell you are. And they're not even smart enough to get scared. No. Can't be fooled by illusions. Yeah. They've got a good yuck factor, especially if you do your description. Like, if you lean into the description of exactly how weird this is and how creepy this can be, they they just have a good slorp factor. Absolutely. Speaking of slorp, let's mix it up a little bit with what, Matt? Got a question of the week. That's right. So, what's the question of the week this time? Oh, is it ooze-related? It is. Oh, delightful. Kind of. Okay. If you were going to make a jello shot based off of one of the oozes, what would it be? Okay, this is going back. I'm thinking, I don't know if you remember the blood fire ooze, I think is what it was called. Mm-hmm. It was a, uh, I believe it was a, like an, an evil abyssal ooze that lived near volcanoes. Sure. I'm thinking it's got to have some kind of hot dam in it. Okay. Which is, sure. uh, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's a like a cinnamon liqueur. Right. Liqueur. <laughs> it's a hundred okay. proof, but whatever. Yeah, look, it's liqueur to me. And some cherry jello. Okay. I'd even do some cherry liqueur in there as well, like a cherry cordial or something like yeah. that. That'd be nice. Something to thin out the mix a little bit. Just a bit. Yeah. That that would be f- I would love that. Because it's, it's evil. The the evil part being the hundred proof liquor. Yeah. It's fiery. Mm-hmm. And if you can get the flavor right, it actually has the potential to be good. Oh yeah. We should make that for Dragon Con. We'll give it a shot. Yeah. What Speaking of shots, what would your shot be? I didn't even intend that pun. Nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was completely accidental. Pineapple jello. Okay. So ochre jelly? Sure. Absinthe. Mmm. And probably like a good vanilla, like a proper vanilla vodka. Yeah, ochre jelly. That's definitely an ochre jelly because they have like a dull yellowish texture and color. And I would, I would thin it out just a touch with tonic water. Tonic water. Yeah. A little bubbly, bubbly. Well, that so you know so you get some bubbles in the in your Jello shots, but also it means they'll glow in the dark in a black light. Nice. Yeah. That's why you're the mixologist there. Do you happen to have a specific Jello shot that you would like to send to us? <laughs> We might even make it and drink it on the show. Yeah. Right so to us. a recipe. Yeah. Let us know at Goblin's Corner on Twitter. Of course, you can find us on all the social media channels. I'm interested because I just want to drink a Jello shot now. Sure. And, I mean, it's like college again. But I also would love to see what people come up with. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> all right. Let's go back to oozes, pudding, slimes, and jellies. In terms of player mechanics, how do you fight these things? Well, the first thing you need to know is you don't cut them. No slashing weapons. No slashing weapons. Don't do it unless you want to make more baby jello shots. Right. I mean, I guess eventually you could dice it small enough that they're relatively harmless. No, because then I would, I would DM as a DM rule that they're aerosolized then. <laughs> oh, no. See, I was thinking just little droplets. Oh, but so think about five it. years from now, you've got a, an ooze problem. But think about a swarm of oozes. Yeah. That could be fun. That'd just be a, a lot. A lot a of swarm fun. of small oozes. Bur- yeah, you just breathe it in, and then like a day later, you just burst forth. We're going to go back to the bad times. <laughs> Find out its weakness. Sure. That's the best thing to do. Now, that requires an arcane check, knowledge arcana, or knowledge whatever. Sure. Uh, but Or you could experiment as well. But definitely that's what cantrips are for. That's narrow it down. Narrow it down. The, 
One of the important things to do, given the opportunity, is to find them before they find you. Because they are ambush predators. Mm-hmm. It's something to think about. Assume they are camouflaged. Most areas that have a news will be devoid of organic matter and will look very clean. Sure, because they clean as they go. In fact, when I'm a DM, I usually describe, this hallway is very clean. That's the first thing I describe when there's a gelatinous cube just chilling in the hall. Right. That makes sense. Uh, another thing is is that they leave residue, right? So if it's a slime or a pudding or something like that, they'll leave bits of itself. Yeah, as look they, for the snail trail. Yeah. So if you see, oh, there's green or yellow slime just kind of trailing on the halls. Okay, cool. It's probably some kind of ooze that's hanging out. Always be on the lookout for floating treasure. Yes. Because if it's clear and it can't dissolve it, then you're going to see some stuff. Oh, look, there's a pool of water that happens to have a whole bunch of sparkling gold pieces there. It looks a little closer than the bottom. I wonder why it's suspended. Maybe it's magic. No, it's just maybe another. Maybe it's Maybelline. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's something that's going to dissolve your face off. Get smart with it in terms of playing. So you don't have to run up and try to smack something to determine if it's a news. Yeah. Just chuck a rock. Chuck a rock. Or better, meat down a hallway. Because if it's made of meat, it will attack it. It doesn't know any better. Yeah, the, the rock test is really best for gelatinous cubes. Like, yeah. if you think you see something, chuck a rock. If it starts hanging in the middle of the air... Gelatinous cube. Gelatinous cube. Toss some meat down the hallway. If something reaches out and grabs it, guess what? Don't go over there. <laughs> Prepare some fire. Right. Okay, yeah, nuke it from orbit. Just hit it with a 10-foot pole. 10-foot pole works wonders, right? Give you a little distance as well. Yep. And finally, when all else fails, magic missile. Sure. That's how it works, right? Yep. Now, that's for your standard ooze pudding slime or jelly, but we being the DMs that we are, we like to get weird. Let's get weird with this. How would you upgrade these creatures? I think for me, one of the things I would consider is environment. Mm-hmm. Right? Where does it live and what is it resistant to? Yeah. Environment and damage play an important role when you are coming up with a new monster, particularly for oozes, because... That's really their whole theme. Right. You, you want to do fire damage, make it a lava ooze, right? And historically, oozes have evolved to survive in basically any environment. Yes. So you can literally just theme your ooze as simply as what? how does a volcanic ooze differ from an Arctic one? And that's it. Yep. Yeah. That's the easiest way to do it. Now, you can theme it up a little bit more and ask some further questions. So, for example, let's say it's we're talking about the uh, the lava ooze, right? Okay. If it's living in a volcano, then it probably does heat damage mm-hmm. in addition to acid or whatever, and it's probably immune to heat damage, yeah. one would think, or consumes heat energy. Sure. It also might be camouflaged as just a pool of lava. Yep. It might be luminescent, in fact. It could. Another way to upgrade in terms of environment is to Pick an elemental plane. Grab a random plane and shove the traits from that plane onto the ooze. Call it a day. Yeah. It's easy. Oh, you want a dust ooze? Haven't seen one of those. Throw it in there. That'd be kind of fun. Astral ooze. An astral ooze. That would be scary. What would be scary is an ooze from the Shadowfell. Shadowfell ooze? Yeah. You're just creeping along. It looks like any other shadow that's rolling around. That would, it would get like a severe bonus to... Stealth? Yeah, absolutely. 
We talked about this a little bit, but you could also theme it according to the food source. What does it eat? So, for example, if it survives off of frozen flesh, then it might be healed by cold damage. Right. It might be vulnerable to heat damage. Sure. If it eats psychic energy, then doing psychic damage to it probably is not the right way to go about it. No, and it's a very strange ooze. That's it. It's the great old one. Ooh, the great old ooze? Yes. Sure, why not? What are some other ways you can kind of upgrade an ooze, Matt? Well, one of the things we discussed is camouflage. Since they tend to be ambush predators, make them look less like blobs and more like things wherever it is they are. For example, maybe tidal pools on the beach. It makes sense for an ooze to be ooze-shaped on the beach. It's fine. But in the jungle, oozes might could be like trailing vines. Sure. Or even just dripping slime that is just regular slime. And the underdark, oozes could look like stones. Like big rocks or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. They could also look like plants. Sure. So they could look like fungi or they could look like ferns. Just throw a bunch of pseudopods up and just be a weird looking plant. Sure. There's an ooze that can mimic people. Why not? Yeah. That's true. Placement. This is another thing in terms of combat for a DM. Where are the oozes? You want to upgrade an ooze? Put it on the ceiling, as we mentioned multiple times. Right. But if you put them on the floor, make them difficult terrain. Yeah, flatten them out. If it's 10 square feet, but it's only like, you know, an inch or two thin, no one's going to think about that until it starts dissolving their shoe leather. Or until... It just closes up like a net trap. And engulfs the whole party. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Especially they're they're right behind the rogue. The paladin's, you know, getting water out of his ear because he almost drowned the first time. Sure. And it just closes up like a Venus flytrap and just swallows them whole. That would be fun. <laughs> we mentioned putting them on the ceiling, but what about the walls or on objects? Now, here's a fun one. Okay, it's a clear ooze. Shh, cool. Coat the door. Yeah. As you reach out and grab the doorknob, it reaches out and grabs you too. Doesn't have to be a mimic. And that's going to be the first thought that most players are going to have. Oh no, it's a mimic. Nope. Nope. And they're trying to fight a mimic when it's slowly dissolving their hand. Right. Uh, Something else you could do is have highly polished furniture. (laughs) Yeah. Just drape it over furniture like it's literally the polish on the furniture. Or have them in, say they're trying to access a tube or something like that when they're in an enclosed space. These things are great combat for enclosed spaces. Yeah. Most of the time, DMs will throw like a blob at you when you're, you've got like a good 20 feet on either side and you can just basically beat it to death with a stick. But when you're on your hands and knees crawling through, say, a flattened cavern or something like that, that's when the ooze should strike. When you have limited mobility and you can't attack it. Now you got to try and poke it with a stick forward, and the people behind you can't do as much to help. Yeah. Can't surround it that way. Another thing you can do is change their movement and change how they attack. Maybe, since they're ambush predators, maybe they get a charge attack at the start of combat, like alligators do in real life. They're ambush predators. Sure. Makes sense. You can make them faster. Just make them faster. Yeah. So you sprint off. Little Ah. cheetah ooze. Yeah. Well, keep in mind, they're tireless. Mm Mm-hmm. And so you're just rolling along. Ah, I can sprint faster than this thing, and it's starting to catch up on you. 
and it eats the horse. Oh, from under you? Yeah. That would be awesome. Horrifying, but awesome. Yep. I'm going to need a deck save, my guy. (laughs) (laughs) Give them alternate travel modes. Flight would be horrible, but one of the things you could also do is glide. Yes. Is... Uh, you've seen the flying snakes before, just wiggling through the air. That would be great. Look, it's a bubble, and that bubble pops and oh, just no. kind of surrounds you. Make them phase through the earth. Think about it. A little earth glide. A little earth glide will wreck a party's day. Let me tell you. And finally, make them smart. Mm-hmm. You really want to hurt your characters? Make them smart. Some get more intelligent after reaching a specific age. Yep. So you could just make them smart. It doesn't matter what kind it is. Yeah, I mean, Ooblexes start off smart. Yeah, because they mimic other people. Yeah. Yeah, play with the concept. What if they develop class levels? Yes. Now, you and I preach the, the gospel of this all the time, but there's one that's kind of built in. If you're the child, like the literal child of a god, take cleric levels in that. Take warlock levels in that, right? I, I, it just doesn't make sense not to. I say transmuter. Wizard transmuter, ooze. The only problem is they have to have metal spell books because they dissolve anything else. Sure. And uh, they just acid etch with their fingers. They don't have phalanges. Ah, that's a good point. Yeah. Oh, and they eat most spell components. Also problematic. Maybe sorcerers is better. Sor- so, yeah, warlocks. Yeah, I think you're right with the warlocks. There's ways around that, of sure. course. We could we could figure that out, story play. But can you imagine like coming up on a gelatinous cube, right? And you're just like, oh, it's a gelatinous cube. We've Why's he got swords? <laughs> he's got eight swords. Yeah, he's a grappler build too. That would be hilarious. A monk. Think about this. A monk protoplasm. Sure. It just beats you to death with the pseudopods and then engulfs you. Beats you on the inside. Like grapples, engulfs, and then just starts bludgeoning you. It makes an air bubble and just starts using you as a punching bag from there's the inside. Definitely, yeah. there, I'm sure there's an anime out there that already has that. I'm going to go look that up now. And of course, we wouldn't be who we were without what, Matt? Story options. Yeah. So we've got a couple of options for you. And I, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with some of these. These, again, these are just wetting the appetite a little bit. Right. Just ways to more thoroughly ingrain oozes and slimes into your game. Absolutely. So go ahead and start us off, Matt. An easy one off the bat is that cultists of Jublex or Ganador are founding or fortifying a temple and must be stopped. Yeah. Got some cultists. They worship oozes. There's going to be some oozes hanging out, right? Yep. Fight oozes. A sudden storm has unleashed lightning slimes, which are eating everything in their path and setting fire to the nearby woods. Yeah, that's just awful. That's awful. I mean, it's great. A big but magical thunderstorm just kind of strike wherever it strikes, a, a lightning slime appears. Yeah. That would be awesome. And, you know, it's lightning, so it's doing lightning damage. So it's burning the, down trees and stuff. And everyone's like, oh, no. They run out there to, to try to put it out, and then the lightning slimes go after them. Sure. A portal to the Plain of Ooze has opened and is slowly getting larger. And I ask you, what does an Ooze Ooze look like? I think... As the portal gets larger, it's literally the plane starts pulling, like starts a pseudopod 
coming through the the portal. Oh, that would be cool, just to engulf the world. Yep. Yeah, that's a elder evil right there. If I ever heard one. A small, pristine lake deep in the woods is actually a colossal ooze waiting for its next victim. That's great. It's, <laughs> it's, it was it's, never a lake. It's never, yeah, it's just a big-ass ooze just hanging out. An ancient, brilliant, wise ooze as the BBEG. Like, what are its methods, and what's it trying to accomplish? Who knows? Huh? Trying to become a cleric, obviously. Could get those, be. Get those monk levels. Your heroes are horrified to learn that the easy zombies, when slain, release blood-draining oozes from the wounds of the bodies. Imagine your fourth or fifth level would be hilarious for Sure. I mean, honestly, any level would be great. But they they come up... Now, the bunch, higher the level, the, better the funnier the, it is. Yeah. yeah. They're like eighth or ninth level. They come up on a, on a bunch of zombies. And they're like, all right, really? Zombies? You're going to throw zombies? At? And they slice the head off of the first one. And an ooze comes out of the neck wound and grabs the paladin and shoves itself down its mouth. And he drowns and then is eat rogues backstabbing and his hands get engulfed. Yeah. Lots of fun there. Any, yep. The only thing safe for the people using range. You're welcome, DMs. Sorry, characters. Yeah. You're gonna die. That's all right. <laughs> but remember, anything your DMs use against you, you get to use against them when it's your turn to DM. Absolutely. Clerics and warlock subclasses for either of the deities like Jublex or Ganador, or an ancient powerful pudding just as a warlock patron. So the patron of the hunger? Sure. That would be kind of fun, right? Here's one. In the summer on the plains, travelers are warned to stay indoors during the hottest parts of the day as small flying bloat blobs will drain a person completely dry of water. Mm. So tiny floating Little blobs of protoplasm, right? Sure. Come along, suck all the nutrients out of your body. Like you said, like just bubbles. Sure. Yeah, they just look like little soap bubbles until they attach to you and suck you dry and you just desiccated. I I love the concept of this next one. It is both fun and awful. It is choice (laughs) because all I see is a jiggling Mm -hmm. structure. Deep in the jungle... Players find an enormous ancient building that appears to have used gelatinous cubes as building blocks. How did it get built? And why is it still one building? Man, you just got to do your research. It's going to be pristine, though. Let me tell you that. Yeah. Not even dust survives on it. No. Maybe it's a mobile fortress that just kind of moves around. Oh, I didn't think about it like that. Yeah. Yeah, Technically, Clearing just like a big trail, like it just goes in a straight line and just consumes everything. There's like a horde of scavengers behind it that are picking up coins. (laughs) Nice. Think about that. That'd be fun, right? Yeah. The town's pet black pudding, which happens to be used as a garbage disposal, has grown large enough to butt off. And so the characters must take the baby black pudding to another town so that they can use it as their dump. Yes. That's a great low-level way to start an adventure, right? 100%. And you know I love the the Flintstone methodology of using creatures as... Objects of... As technology. Yes, yeah, technology. Sure. Yeah. An Ublex that has picked off enough peasants recognizes a tyrant's reign is threatening its food supply and attempts to enlist the aid of the PCs. So it's 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 an ooze that impersonates people. Yes. And it has figured out that 
this tyrant is going to remove it of a lot of food supply. Right. And so it's basically the person that's giving out quests to the adventurers. Yes. I like this idea. Now, it could also just be that it's a non-evil Ublex and it's trying to find a way to help without revealing itself to either and to anyone. So, I mean, you could go either way with it. Right? I think it's the barkeep. It should be the barkeep. Think about that. That'd be kind of fun, right? Yeah. It eats all the drunks and dissidents. So it's got a perfectly clean bar. Something to think about. Uh, I have an, an Ublix as well. An Ublix not satisfied with its squishy frame has become an artificer and encased itself in a moving large set of plate mail. Sure. So you're basically the slime knight. Yeah. That'd be kind of fun. Screw impersonating someone. I'm going to just shove my whole frame because they're big. Yeah. So it would be a large or huge size creature. Imagine it shoving into something that looks like a iron golem. I was see. I was thinking shoving itself into a suit of armor for giants, like literally oh, giant, giant suit of armor. Giant armor works as well. Yeah, I'm fine either with those. And finally, a fun idea that I like is uh, small jellies as familiars, tiny little puddings. Yeah, little pudding cups <laughs> as familiars. That would be kind of neat. Yeah. Bloop, bloop. Have a little, yeah, what do we call him? Uh, Dissolvey? Dissolvey the familiar. Just kind of sits on your shoulder and slowly eats a patch of your skin right there. <laughs> I think you, what you do is you end up having a, like, even as a mage, you've got one metal shoulder pad mm-hmm. just for it to hang out on. He chills in the gnome's nose, his big nose. Just looks like, like he's constantly has post-nasal drip. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Nah, maybe not. <laughs> so there you have it. Fun ways to create oozes, puddings, slimes, and jellies. Fun ways to play them. A little story action as well. And of course, some conversation starters to get you started off on your next campaign featuring an ooze, pudding, slime, or jelly. You, you mentioned it. It's, let's slide it in at the, at the end here. You can play them now. You can, Because in plasmoids fact, are a playable race. That's right. So there you go. You, you now have your ooze knight. Yes. Encased in a hard shell but gooey center. Any questions or comments, hit us up at Goblin's Corner on Twitter. And of course, if you like our show, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite player, YouTube and Twitch. If you could do us a favor and click the five stars or give us a review on iTunes or Podchaser. For YouTube, hit the like and the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell Mm -hmm. so that you get notified every time we put out a new show. And help us get our show in front of more people. It's very important. Yeah, because it boosts the show and it feeds the hungry algorithm. That hungry algorithm is amorphous, currently sliding underneath you to wrap around you and drown your paladin self. Yeah, pull you under. That's all the time we have for tonight. Once again, my name is Eric. And I'm Matt. We'll see you next time. Good night, folks. The Goblin's Corner has been written and produced by Eric Holden and Matt Staples. Music by D20. This is a subterranean production.